Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Disney's live-action reimagining of The Little Mermaid. Now get in here, because we mustn't lurk in doorways, it's rude. Welcome again to the Geek Center Podcast, where we've got who's it's and what's it's galore, and we know that, darling, it's better down where it's wetter. We're so glad to have you on board. My name is Kev, and as I said, we hope to make a splash with our spoiler-free review for The Little Mermaid. We want to clap our fins and give a special thanks, as always, to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for letting us watch this project early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we're Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now, joining me today to make some waves, they are definitely not guppies. They're the Flounder and Sebastian to my Ariel. They're the Max and Grimsby to my Prince Eric. The Flotsam and Jetsam to my Ursula. It's Justin Lawrence and Nate Shelton. Hello, my babies. How are you today, poopsies? I'm a merman, daddy. I'm a merman. Kevin, that raspiness in your voice, I'm loving it. It's getting my dingle hopper. It's very Ursula. I know. It's very Ursula. You brought the Ursula voice for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I I will apologize to uh, the audience. I uh, recently survived five long days and five long forbidden nights in Vegas with my wife, Sarah. So uh, I'm honestly just happy to be here. uh, And I would love to tell you, all about the trip, but as you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Thankfully. Uh, but yeah, so how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing well. Good, man. Doing wet. well. Very I'm, wet. Oh, God. Just oh, boy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just I have mean, Kevin <laughs> tell us about his Vegas trip. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I'm just good. I'm our, I'm our fins. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to uh, to chat about this movie. I think uh, surprises and delights. Let me let me just say that I, I, there's definitely a lot to to share uh, with the listeners in regards to what what we're surprised with. So, and we we have barely really talked about it as a group, the three of us. Who, who I always like to do so. that though. I like to save as many of our thoughts and whatnot for the podcast, so we can have a a genuine organic discussion. Now, Nate said something about flipping our fins, and and that don't get you too far. So, I think we should. Move right along. Um, We're about to talk about a live-action reimagining of a beloved animated classic that should need absolutely no introduction. But, in case you've been adrift at sea or have been left high and dry on some deserted island since the mid-80s, here's a brief description of the upcoming nautical adventure. Crashing into theaters on May 26th, The Little Mermaid is the beloved story of Ariel, a beautiful and spirited young mermaid with a thirst for adventure. The youngest of King Triton's daughters and the most defiant, Ariel longs to find out more about the world beyond the sea, and while visiting the surface, falls for the dashing Prince Eric. While mermaids are forbidden to interact with humans, Ariel must follow her heart. She makes a deal with the evil sea witch, Ursula, which gives her a chance to experience life on land, but ultimately places her life and her father's crown in jeopardy. The movie includes new versions of all your favorite songs, plus some new future classics by the king of Disney music these days, Lin-Manuel Miranda. The film is directed by visionary filmmaker Rob Marshall and stars Halle Bailey, Jonah Howard King, David Diggs, Aquafina, Noma Dumazweni, 
Art Malik, Javier Bardem, Melissa McCarthy, and Jacob Tremblay. But before we get to our thoughts on the movie, and speaking of Jacob Tremblay, who plays Flounder in the film, you gents had the chance to attend the Blue Carpet Canadian premiere of the movie, which included an appearance by Jacob himself. Uh, I would love for you to tell us a little about that event. Uh, yeah, well, it was held here in Toronto. Uh, it was, as you said, the Blue Carpet Canadian premiere um, event. It was held at the TIFF Lightbox. Um, this was great. This was such a cool opportunity. Uh, you know, again, we're so humbled at the at the chances we get, thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada, who invited us to this event along with the rest of the press. It was it was a really surreal experience. It happens really quickly. Um, I, I know I, I can speak for both Nate and I, where I can say, you know, we were very humbled with the time that we had with Jacob, um, and to also just connect with with other peers and, and other press uh, in the community of Toronto. It, it's a really great opportunity to to get our name out there and for us to learn a little bit more about who else is out there. Um, so yeah, it's it, it was it was a great experience. It was cool to be a part of that. It was my first time uh, on a press line specifically, and um, getting to hang out with our friends from the movie podcast and One Take News uh, was really really cool. And um, and yeah, I think you know yes, it's very quick, like two questions. Uh, but it was, you know, this guy's, he's, he's grown up so much. Like, it's so weird. He's unrecognizable he's in the pictures. Voice. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Crazy. But he was looking super sharp. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we got to ask him some fun questions, which will, uh, I guess be up on our socials. Awesome. I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, nobody wore like a snorkel or even like a, a billowy, like <laughs> pirate style Prince Eric shirt. Um, but uh, no, Kev, if you wear an open chest shirt, I will. I'll take you to any of these things. Oh, I oh, promise. I, I promise you, you I, I will. Even if it's like it's not date. appropriate for the movie, I'm just gonna do it now for fun. <laughs> just maybe just shirt. maybe just like a, a nice like dress vest, but with no shirt underneath. I'll really let that chest it. hair fly. I love uh, but it. enough about my <laughs> chest hair. Let's get to our thoughts on this reimagined Disney classic. Uh, just why don't you start us off? What was something that really uh, stood out for you? Well, I think you you said it right there. The reimagining of of this classic. You know, Disney has masterfully recreated beautiful moments from the animated movie uh, of The Little Mermaid and, and, and brought new life into them in this live action adaptation. I think the filmmakers have, have captured the essence of the original animated film while adding a fresh and, immers and, and immersive dimension to the story. There are some new elements. They, they do go a little bit different. So this this whole notion of, you know, Disney re reimagining their own version of the story, uh, it hasn't always worked. I think I think in some cases it's it's fallen short of expectations and maybe played it too close to the original. I think here it's the best of both. You know that it is very paint by numbers for for most of uh, the moments and scenes that you are iconic from the original animated movie. But then there's some new stuff, and I think it's Disney's commitment to preserving the magic of the original while also embracing the possibilities of live action as resulted in this film. I think that that this is this is what it this is what it does really well you know uh it, it captures heart, the hearts of both new and longtime fans of the little mermaid so yeah that's i think right out the gate is is something one thing that they that really worked for this movie yeah i mean i i'm i'm i agree with you there i'm not i don't think i'm the biggest fan of these disney live action remakes and it, it seems like after you know each one that keeps releasing i get my hype up and i, I get excited for it uh, and then it, it just really doesn't get there. Um, and it's it's weird, too, because oftentimes when you when we go into these movies, we see the trailers, we see the casting and and I'm like, OK, I think they finally 
figured it out. I think they finally figured out how to do something a little more fresh instead of just banking on nostalgia. But that isn't the case um, with with what's come before, uh, at least recently. But at least with this one, I, I actually do think this totally works. Uh, Rob Marshall, David McGee did a great job at at giving me a reason. And this was kind of the biggest thing for me. Give me a reason to choose between the original 1989 film and this new ad- new adaptation. And while I don't think this is perfect, and I, I still mm-hmm. think there's some missed opportunities, they managed to update some really important aspects of the movie that actually improve upon the original. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to mention. Um, you know, you look at something like uh, Favreau's Lion King from a few years back, and it's a beautiful film, and the voice cast Gorgeous. is great, but it is literally beat for beat the same movie. And I'd I think if people, a lot of people go, <laughs> why, did, why is this even necessary? And while right. I don't think that the argument is fair that, oh, they're trying to replace the classics. No, 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 no. It's not meant to replace them. They're both still allowed to exist, and you're allowed to watch both. Either you're allowed to like one and not the other. It's totally up to you. Uh, but this one does bring fresh aspects. I think one of those uh, elements that I really, really appreciated was the film really helps to bolster and expand upon the connection between Eric and Ariel, uh, yes. which is kind of lacking in the the original animated oh, film. Yeah. You don't really, other than, oh, she's a pretty girl, you don't really understand why they they sort of fall for each other, where there's such a great job of showing how they could fall in love with each other, especially considering they can't talk to each other. There's so many elements that they sort of add to this film in, in these new scenes and moments that you're talking about that really go, oh my goodness, you can feel their connection without them saying it to each other. And so I thought that was a really great aspect. Yeah, really embraced the romantic story element and and I think fleshed out uh, Prince Eric's character far more. Uh, and I think creating a parallel between Ariel's desire and his desire and how they have common ground. And I think that's one of the best aspects uh, to this uh, latest adaptation is is fleshing out uh, more of a meaningful relationship between these two characters. To your point, though, in the animated, it, Ariel's definitely perceived as like sort of a bit of a damsel in distress. And I think here they're both seen as equals and, and both individuals who desire more. And I think that really does get explored a lot more in these new scenes. And like you mentioned at the top, you know, we do get three new songs. And one of those songs is a song sung by Prince Eric. And that very much feels like a a, a juxtaposed ballad to part of your world, which serves to anchor their relationship as being more meaningful uh, and, and them sharing more common ground, even though, you know, one lives under the sea and the other lives above land. So, yeah, and between, you know, King Triton and Queen Selena, um, you know, Noma Doomzweni's Doom character, um, I, I like how they gave us, it's, it wasn't too much, it wasn't a ton of exposition, but they gave us just enough exposition to understand the opposing cultures of the mer people uh, and the humans. And I really appreciated that because, again, it, as you said, it it not only adds to the movie in general, but it adds to you know, the relationship between Ariel and Prince Eric mm-hmm. and why it's more important uh, than just two hotties falling in exactly. love. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it serves purpose for a better future, right? It's it's very much that. So It's not just Ariel going, oh, he's handsome, and him yes. saying, oh, she's 
she's beautiful and 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 in in the animated movie they kind of make her out to seem like a bit of a um uh you know uh uh a dummy you know what i mean because she's just sort of so unaccustomed to this world damsel in distress she comes out uh, to all these people is looking kind of uh let's say naive whereas here she's she's literally without even being able to talk to him she's teaching eric things along the way and he's Mm -hmm. showing her this you know, yeah. new world. It's just, it's really full awesome. Of surprises. Yep. Yeah. It's, and they're, now they're both full of surprises. You now. mentioned, uh, you know, speaking of new, that there were three new songs, and uh, w- one is uh, the most Lin Manuel Miranda song that you will ever <laughs> scuttlebutt ever hear in your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to mention the music. I think, um, yeah, I think the 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 Lin Manuel Miranda editions will either work or won't work for people. I think it's going to be based on your taste for for uh, his style of music. Um, I. As I keep thinking about Scuttlebutt, I'm enjoying it more and more, oddly enough. Um, but I will say the reason, the, the, the main reason that you watch this movie is all Halle Bailey. She she brings a new voice to the song with with her intonation. Um, and, you know, Justin and I, you and I were talking about this right after we left the theater. And and just some of the way we were, we were literally listening to Part of Your World, like on repeat as we were driving home that evening. And uh, and, and just some of the ways she uses the, the intonation in, in the words to change it up. Um, there's a, a word she says where she says free. And she just does it in a way that you can you can tell that Ariel just wants that freedom so, so much. And listen, I know we were in a press screening. Um, and, and if you love a quiet theater, Darcy says he loves press screenings because nobody talks or hollers or hoots like in a Marvel movie. Um, but, but you know, it it's so hard to get a reaction out of the press audience. But when we got to that moment at the end of Part of Your World, there was like an energy in the room. And Halle Bally just had everyone mesmerized. And honestly, like I'm I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like she was perfect. Well, and you mentioned, you know, intonation and some of the words in, in those songs that we're all so familiar with. And I kind of like how they they changed up the way mm-hmm. some of the words were said, that it felt like she was singing this from the heart. It wasn't a rehearsed song exactly. that she had yeah. sung so exactly. many times. This was, and, and it was so brilliant the way they used that intonation to make those songs feel like they were coming to them in the moment. Uh, and these, you know, these are some of the most classic, beloved uh, I, I'm going to say that a lot, I think, today, uh, animated Disney songs in history, and they made them feel just different enough, just fresh enough that they, they're they new songs, they're new versions of those songs that can stand alone on their own without necessarily needing to be compared to the older versions. They are their own versions, and they're great in in themselves. I thought that was, they were, I didn't think it was going to work. Under the sea, I, I thought, oh man, how are they going to do this live action? Are they going to take it too seriously? And they made it just playful enough, just realistic enough. That's such a fine line and hard line to to sort of find a balance between. And I thought they did it so well. Yeah, like I think Nate, when we were talking about it on the way back, it was like talk singing or acting singing. I think is even better as as we were as we've kind of been discussing here is that you know there's a level of acting that's going into the performance that she's delivering that feels you know very much connected to the heart of the person that she's playing but another element to this paint by numbers or you know emulating the success of the original is bringing back Alan Menken to score this movie with Lin-Manuel Miranda's new lyrical composition I think that really works well but you know again as you said Nate Halle Bailey just 
took this performance to a whole new level. Um, and I, I'm just going to right here transition into actors because uh, Halle Bailey, her performance in The Little Mermaid is is an absolute revelation from from the moment she graces the screen as Ariel. It becomes abundantly clear that she was born to bring this classic character to life. Bailey's portrayal is a perfect blend of vulnerability, the strength, and youthful innocence, capturing the essence of, of, of the beloved mermaid princess while also having a captivating authenticity. Um, I think her expressive eyes and her enchanting voice effortlessly draw you into the world. I just can't stop thinking about the moment when, when the puffer fish is there and For she sure. makes the puffer fish face. <laughs> just like, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> but like, th the thing is, is that her performance is so deep that it allows us to experience her longing, her curiosity, then determination on a profound level. Like Bailey's undeniable talent shines through every scene, making her rendition of Ariel a true standout and ensuring that she will forever be etched in the hearts of audiences. I think, in all honesty, she could get nominated for an Oscar for this role. I think that well, that's that's how good it is. I think she she'll definitely be considered, I think. I honestly do think so. I think that this is this is this is top-tier uh Hollywood acting. My only complaint, and this has nothing to do with with Halle. Her hair isn't red enough. Like I just I needed a bit more <laughs> red vibrancy to that hair. That's such a signature look and they there's hints of it there, but like I, I loved everything about her look, the way they, they made the live action mermaid and everything like that. And they, they, they changed up the outfits from the cartoon. They didn't just remake those and, and plop her in the same type of dress or anything like that. I just wish the hair was a bit more. I, I think, yeah. I don't know. But maybe I think, that's I think trying it's to be more a little less... bit more realistic or something. You know, I don't know. Well, this is more realistic, I think, because I think in, in the right light, it does come off really, really red, right? It's it's probably not like the red that you're thinking from the original anime that's red, but it's like more of a redhead. It's like, it's it's more of, there's an it's orangey an Auburn, tinge to it yeah. times. Yeah, it's very, and it feels a lot more natural. It still feels like it's its own part of her character, but I, I love that. It didn't even matter. It was just, it was how heartfelt her performance was throughout this entire movie that helps to really anchor her as this new Ariel. And then I thought her chemistry uh, with, with Kevin Jonas, or, or I should say Jonah Howard King, because um, all I could think that whole movie is that guy looks like Kevin Jonas. Uh, I thought they had really good <laughs> chemistry. At first they I wasn't did. sure how it was going to work, but by the end I just, I believed them so, so much. Um, and I think they did such a great job of all of the characters who interacted with Ariel having these different unique relationships um david as sebastian is just that that is probably it the works. hardest character yeah. to take yeah. on because you don't want to just copycat <laughs> it the whole way you need to pay homage but make it your own and 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 he did that so so well yeah i think he does he does enough different from the original samuel e wright performance but it it very much still has the exact uh energy of yeah. this character An inflection and and the character you can you can feel the weight on his shell the like, worry there, there oh is, man he's, he's got like it's it's basically the entire plot is riding on sebastian and i i couldn't stop smiling anytime he would just say something i think david diggs was so excellent he's instantly likable as his character i loved him yeah he was he was outstanding as well i think the thing that I like about his portrayal is that, like you said, Nate, it was different enough, but it still was very similar in some ways to the original uh, voice actor, uh, Samuel E. Wright. And um, yeah, I think 
David Diggs. He very much had the same inflection. He he even animated his voice at specific times in very similar ways that w- served as these these loving callbacks to to the original that I, I absolutely adored. And then the the things that he would throw in on his own were just were just so good, and it made it very contemporary at the same time, right? Like it it, it updated it in in a lot of ways, and I really love that. And Flounder. Jacob Tremblay was good. I think he was... I, I felt like we didn't get enough of him. We didn't get um, enough of him. That's what I, mean, I was going to say. We were saying yeah. after the movie, Flounder, you can only do so much with the character, the one character that has to be under the water the whole the whole think, movie, right? right? Yeah. So much truth, especially true. in this version, even more takes place you know, on the shore. That is true. That, that is true, you know, yeah. You can only see him so much. And I thought they brought him back throughout the film enough times that he still stands out. You can tell that he's Ariel's best friend. Um, and... Thank goodness, uh, aesthetically, it is not those early concepts we got. Who <laughs> children be having nightmares yeah, for weeks? He's got the cute. He's got the cute little like tuft of hair. I don't know how fish have hair, but it was it was, it was cool. cute. Um, it was cute. And I I think the you know um, Sebastian's eyes were very expressive. Um, I thought they had a lot of fun with with the with the three of them. I think Aquafina also. Um, was great as Scuttle, um, and and kudos to Jacob Tremblay, by the way, for uh, singing alongside you know it's people like David Diggs and yeah. Halle Bailey. Like that's not a at, at twelve years old. That is very daunting. So he was right to be nervous for it. But um, but oh, I think he, he had did experience. A great job and I, I think they all did good. He had experience from from Luca. Right, I, I guess yeah, but. I, I, I just want to come back and circle back here. I think with Tremblay as Flounder, yeah, underutilized, but makes sense for this live action adaptation. But I do like, again, very much a character that uh, I think in this movie calls back to the original, that sort of, uh, you know, n- naive, kiddish, you know, younger brother sort of voice. He he owned that and he played it really, really well. But the look, uh, like we were talking about, the look of these, these, these uh, characters through CGI, I actually thought it was really going to bother me. It didn't. Um, I think it actually works. It, it, you just can't look at them as stills because when you look at them as stills, they're just they are what they are. But when they're animated, and when you see them moving, and you see the the, the sort of inflections in the eyes and the sort of wiggles and stuff like that, it it, it really does come to life, and it really does make sense because you know again, it's it's a live action adaptation or a reimagining of of them. It's they're not going to have the same sort of cartoony features right they are going to look more live action and i i appreciated at least that they, they tried to keep that level of of authenticity to it but it was yeah it was a cool balance between having them be able to fit into a live action world but still feeling mm-hmm. fun and a yes. little cartoony right now speaking exactly. of yeah. we've talked about you know um paying homage to classic characters we've talked about uh, great singing performances and we've talked about you know the aesthetics i think all three of those are perfectly encapsulated by melissa mccarthy as ursula yes yeah absolutely yeah, she was she killed it i mean like and the thing too is i think the biggest thing that i found was her physicality um the way she would move her ursula isms if you will the slinking eyes over rocks and all were yeah, phenomenal yeah, 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 the, the the makeup the the yeah. hair the wig all of it was was absolutely fantastic. I was so happy with her portrayal. Um, there's a really funny, like, just little body thing that she did. Well, I guess her animators did, but where she's crossing her legs, but she's crossing all eight of her tentacles or six of her. I don't know how many tentacles they have, but uh, it was. It's I, I an think she absolutely. Nate. It's an octopus, right? So eight <laughs> tentacles. Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think you know. There's there's still a universe out there where Jack Black 
should have played Ursula, oh, but I think oh, it would have been amazing. <laughs> I was saying that right up until we saw it, and then yeah. she she sold yeah. me. But you know what, though, honestly, Melissa McCarthy's performance is outstanding. In, yeah. I think that it matches that of uh, Halle Bailey's performance of Ariel. It has its own unique characteristics that are very personal to McCarthy's portrayal. Uh, she has such comedic proudness, and 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 she's undeniably versatile with the way she can kind of you know be you know funny and then be dark at the same time. It's a refreshing interpretation of the character i think her comedic timing was was spot on and she mm-hmm. she helped to kind of make ursula that much more funny and she owned those singing moments like poor unfortunate souls oh my god she did such a good job in that in that performance so i, I honestly think like again i i could see her being nominated for best supporting actress right would she win probably not but i think i think the nomination is deserving you know at times when you watch her performance this is where it felt like it was a live action play mm. in, in certain instances just sure, because the of that perf- and everything yeah but also yeah. just the performativeness of it like mm-hmm. just that ability of like you said like her movement her motion the way she slinks around yeah. right the way she uses her body as this element as a part of her her persona um i thought it was so good and and i just wish there was more of her i mean it's funny because you get less of her in her um non Ursula form, if you will. So at least if with the time that they had with her, they focused it on her being Ursula and not, you know, the uh, the Prince Eric decoy, if you will. Um, yes. Moving on from from character performances, um, I do want to say how beautiful this film looks, especially Gorgeous. during the underwater uh, numbers. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't tell from the trailer whether it was going to work, whether it was going to look. Um, uh, if it was going to be effective, the, the underwater look. I thought it almost didn't look like they were swimming in some of the, the quick shots we got, some of the early footage. Yeah. But it's amazing. I mean, this any underwater scene here looked better than any of the underwater scenes in Black Panther, in my opinion. Oh, well, I was going to say, I was, dude, I was, I was going to say, like, we haven't gotten to see... I don't think we've seen this level of... of fidelity camera work um you know again i understand it's in it's all in a digital world but but it's 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 so gorgeous it's so colorful and i think i think they it's not easy it's not easy to pull this off uh and they they did and i mean they'd have to um based on (laughs) this movie being the little mermaid but um yeah man i i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing if we ever get any other uh, under more underwater movies uh, from Disney, I, I can only imagine it going up from here. Well, it's it's interesting too because I don't know how much of this was actually filmed on a underwater water tank set, very <laughs> much like Avatar, right? So okay, I, I think it was probably you know it was probably a lot of green screen and moving around so that they had the freedom and it was just about animating them in post. But mm-hmm. yeah, as you guys are saying, the visual effects like literally will transport you into vibrant, mesmerizing underwater worlds where every creature, every wave and every ray of light just, it feels real and tangible. It, it actually like, I was really surprised at how well the visual effects worked for me. I, I think the attention to detail was was outstanding. It was intricate. You could even see it in, in the way that, uh, with the depiction of, of like the mermaids and their tails. Um, you know, uh, I believe the city's called Atlantica. Uh, I think that that was like the, that, that, that palace Esque style. That was such you a know, cool. Instead of a physical, like man-made yeah. castle under the sea, <laughs> it was such a cool, yeah, it, realistic interpretation of that. Like just those little details yeah. were so brilliant. Yeah, but then you know the just the the crashing water, the the each of the, the the snapping turtles, all the different fish and jellyfish. Like 
everything was really handled with a lot of care and, and love. And I think that it, it's clear in the visual effects that they, they, they really wanted to bring this movie to life in the most visually stunning way. Now, I think we can, you know, we, we love the character performances. We love the visuals. We love the music. Was there anything that didn't quite work for, for anyone? Nate? Well, I think as great as the visuals were under the sea, um, I think that's where the budget went because there is a sequence which I won't spoil. I mean, how can you spoil it? It's the Little Mermaid, but but there's there's a sequence at the end during the climax that you can tell that they had to make it as dark as an episode of Game of Thrones to to hide the really <laughs> rough CG that's going on. And I I I think that was that was probably the only moment visually that uh, that didn't work for me. The final act has some CGI sloppiness that really does, I think, in some ways take you out. Um, it is. It, it's a shame that it's so uh, influential towards the the climactic moment of of the movie. But that said, I think the positives of where, as Nate said, where they did put their budget in the underwater, that did pay off. Um, that does stick with me a lot more. Um, so I I could give it a pass for it, but it's just it's it was it was messy. It it it'll I'm I'm worried it'll take people right out. It, yeah, the the whole climax I thought sort of left a little bit to be desired. After everything, like I I just and it was a rush. Wowed. It was a rush whole, to get there. Yeah, it was sort of just went. Okay, we got to wrap this sucker up. So let's do it in five minutes. And the CG's gonna be it weak. Did feel and, like five minutes. It was yeah. probably fifteen, but it felt like <laughs> it five. Just felt, felt like so five minutes. Quick. Well, just yeah. things started to fall into place at a specific point where it was like, okay, now we're back at where the movie how the movie sort of wraps up but then it's even more condensed like it's yeah it, it's it was it just was, a, it was it, probably the only part of the movie it was probably the only part of this version of the movie that i didn't like yeah. more than the original the final act yeah the yeah. final act did 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 suffer the most yeah yep and you know uh one one other thing that i wanted to point out was as as great as most of the performances oh, were no, I thought Aquafina was great, and I don't say that very okay, often. Good. I thought she was great. I thought, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what um, I was going. Yeah, I, was, I, I was thinking. I know. No, she's like, and I, I, w- I should be complaining about my my guy Lin Manuel Boranda, but uh, no, his song. <laughs> she did it well. I thought I had a lot of fun with it. It was silly. No, I thought Javier um, as King Triton was probably the least whelming of the performances. It he had felt its a moments. little flat. Yeah. Yeah, he did, he, I, I, I would agree. I think he had the intensity when he needed to, but there was. I think he was. I think he's playing this like this regal character too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he leaned way too much in it. To your point, it flattened his character. It made him looked a little uh, come off a little more deflated. And uh, you know, especially given the fact of how how important his story is in relation to Ariel's story, he sort of felt side sidelined. Like, yeah. not not purposely. I think. Based on his performance. Well, really, and that's the only other thing I think, you know, my list for what didn't work is nowhere near as long as what did. But I think that was the only other thing for me that that I found I appreciated more time with Eric and, and Ariel together. Um, I appreciated the additional context that they gave us um, with with, you know, between the, the people from under the sea and the, the human world. I just thought that if we were going to take any risks with this movie, it was going to be giving us more time with those characters under the sea. You've got Javier Bardem, and it's he's really not utilized that much. Um, I think 
you know, they they did. This is where they sort of played it a lot more safe, sticking to the source material. Um, and I, I listen. I love what they did with like Maleficent or Cruella, um, giving new life to those those worlds. And I'm, I'm not saying that this should have been an Ursula movie, but I think they could have done a little bit more. Although that would have been cool, an Ursula movie. Um, I, I think that it, it, they they could have done a little bit more to make an adjustment to the structure of the narrative to help other aspects of family and fatherhood stand out just a, just a, just a smidgen more. Because again, I understand it's about her freedom. It's about her relationship with Eric. And I'm glad that they brought those points up. But I think the ending would have been much more impactful, uh, for me at least, if we had gotten maybe a little more screen time with, uh, with King Triton. Now you just have to remember, who are they making this for? A thirty-year-old right. man, or are they making this exactly. for a whole new generation of, <laughs> of you know, little girls and boys to to have this this you know brave character finding her voice and and finding her her will to to be free and and to to follow her dreams. So while I understand that you know from an overall aspect of of fine filmmaking, you could have really delved into these characters and the relationships to to strengthen the movie. I think the where the focus went really did bolster what this movie is about and who the the true targeted audience really is. Yeah, if it if it was having if it was having to choose, they made the right choice. They Absolutely. did. Yeah, for sure. I I think I think the the, the reality is is that if you start to add the father element uh, to the, the the story, which would would make it different, I think you're going about over two and a half, like close to two and a half hours, because uh, this movie's already long. I think at, at about oh, just over two hours. Well, right? Justin, if they're going to win Oscars, it needs to no, be four I, hours. I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. you. But but you know, to to the point of of what you were saying, there there yeah. was an opportunity there. Could have been explored. That could have been the that could have been how they could have gone further with making this movie that much different. Mm-hmm. But to Kevin's point, it it has to be. You know, it has to be that that tangible success that that is very much mirrored from the success of the the animated. Because I know all three of us are huge fans of the animated, and and even though we're three dudes, we we've watched that movie more times probably than than other movies from, from what we were. Dude, right? Ariel's we were a collector. Younger, so. We're geeks. We collect exactly. like that. There you go. She's her. I can't relate animal, with a character absolutely. more. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I know we're on a roll. But I think it's time to give our final thoughts and scores on the film. Uh, Sorry, today, one second. W- on a roll. Remind me. Just I know we just said we like the film so much. Where's that? Which part that's, is that? Uh, that's Ursula. She's that's on a Ursula? roll. Okay. Hey boys, I'm on a roll. Uh, when she's, when okay. she's getting, oh yeah, oh that one slipped through, eh? Oh, a deep cut, deep cut, <laughs> slipped through okay. like an octopus. Uh, there we on go. On a roll. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, know I get you. I get you. I just okay, maybe, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe I didn't it. do a good enough job. I guess uh, it's my Daniel Craig impression all over again. Um, today we are going to be giving our final uh, thoughts and scores. Uh, out of five, gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Um, and now, as we give our final thoughts and scores, I'd also like to know where this ranks for you amongst the Disney live-action reimaginings that we've been getting for the last decade or so. Was it the best, maybe top three, or was it closer to the bottom, or even, dare I say it, worse than Pinocchio? Uh, Justin, oh, why don't you start impossible. us off? I, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Justin, why don't yeah. you start us off? Yeah, uh, I I honestly think uh, The Little Mermaid is, is a huge win for me. Uh, this live action adaptation is, as we were talking, just it's so captivating, it's enchanting, and it successfully brings the beloved animated classic into the live action world. 
you know, as we were talking about, you know, Halle Bailey's performance as Ariel is nothing short of mesmerizing. Uh, she effortlessly embodies the spirit of the iconic character and captures her curiosity, determination, the grace. It's just it's all with massive authenticity. Uh, her vocals are stunning. Like Nate said, that moment of watching her sing part of your world was so uh, emotional. Uh, I got teary eyed, uh, you know. Her vocals show her emotional depth and, and it shines through in a very heartfelt uh, way with all the renditions of the songs. And she's she's still giving that fresh twist with that conversational singing that she's implementing, the cracks. It, it feels it feels unique to Halle Bailey and I, and I love that. But the same can be said about the entire cast as well. Melissa McCarthy, David Diggs, and Jacob Tremblay. They brought in some new with the old and I really did enjoy all their performances and the look for each of these characters was outstanding. Um, I think the transition of The Little Mermaid from animation to live action is, is flawlessly executed and, and as we were talking about the visual effects, they're just so mesmerizing. Um, I think the film strikes a delicate balance between honoring the original film while also introducing new elements Elements, uh, creating visually stunning experiences that fully immerse the audience in this magical realm of The Little Mermaid. You know, the live action adaptation successfully captures all of what we love about the original and delivering a heartfelt, visually dazzling reimagining that will surely captivate audiences, new and old, of all ages. I'm giving this one four out of five gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Oh. And. I would probably say if you're if we're thinking about all the live action movies that are coming out, you know, I really do love Pete's Dragon. Um, I think that one w was a surprise hitter for me. Um, but in regards to like this era, like this area of uh, era of where Little Mermaid comes from, so Aladdin, uh, you know, is in my mind from that kind of Disney Renaissance that. period, exactly of the late 80s that period, to the mid nineties, yes. exactly that. Uh, maybe even um, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella to a certain degree. I know that's even older, but you know, uh, Lion King, all of these ones that are are more of that time period. I think this is the best one. I think it it, it actually very well captures what Disney's trying to do by reimagining their versions of this story, bringing it to live action in a unique way that still honors, you know, what makes the, the animated special by reinvigorating something new so that it can be relative, uh, relatable for audiences. Cause let's, let's be real. I think in a lot of ways, Disney is looking back at some of those animated things. And yes, they're capitalizing on on the nostalgia and the fan bases, but I also think they're seeing it as an opportunity to retell that story that makes sense for today rather than when it was told originally. And I think that's that's a big reason as well for them wanting to take a new approach with everything that, that they've been doing in the live action. So is this is the success of what has come before it. Uh, you know what I mean? The, the, the sort of stumbles, if you will. So yes, this is one of the best live action adaptations to date. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Nate, how about yourself? Yeah, this movie this movie surprised me. Um, new experience with these characters. Uh, a story that gives me a reason to watch it over the original. Uh, Halle Bailey is perfect as Ariel. She's so bright. She's so wonderful in this movie. She's such a positive representation for a generation of young girls and young women who don't get to see themselves in these roles. And, you know, I, I think the additional cast, Sebastian was stealing scenes with each claw left and right. Um, and I, I still think they I still think they played it a, a little bit too safe. Um, the slight changes that they made to make better Ariel and Eric's relationship, the added context of why their families are at odds 
were very welcome and do make the movie better overall. Um, so while I'd still say that the music and Hallie's voice especially is the reason to buy a ticket, I do think this is one of Disney's best adaptations of their animated line of films. Uh, and I hope, I hope that Disney continues to make broader changes to its source material when they decide to breathe new life into their stories going forward. Um, but this one was just so lovely, so delightful. Um, so I'm stoked to give this one a solid four out of five gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Um, as far as where I'm going to be ranking it or rating it on my, my the list of live action, um, according to Wikipedia, I've got a list in front of me here. Um, you know, I think I think this the the way that this movie does enough different for me to think about it as a different movie than the original reminded me a lot of Aladdin. Um, and I think this is a better movie than Aladdin. I would put Aladdin in probably my top three spot. Uh, I think this is better than that. Uh, I still really, really love what they did with Cruella uh, in, in 2021. Um, so I still think that's at, my, at the top of my list. Um, just I had so, so much fun with that movie. Um, but I think this is number two for me for sure. For sure. Isn't isn't Cruella more of like a Batman Begins kind of thing where it's like an origin story? I'm just yeah. going off the list from Wikipedia, Justin. Yeah, know. like is it a reimagining? <laughs> I'll allow it. Well, I'll okay, allow then it. it's my then it's my number one of the straight from you know no. the whatever era you guys are no, talking I, about. I like I like you including that because it's the it, it, the reasons you love that one so much are the reasons that this one just just stopped a little bit short of maybe being perfect for you, right? And right. so it makes sense to include that in the discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for myself, considering The Little Mermaid is one of my all-time favorite Disney cartoons, uh, uh, my mom tells the story constantly that I dragged her to theaters four times to see this movie as a four-year-old kid. It was the first movie I can remember seeing in theaters. And yeah, I took her to see it four times in theaters. So this just holds such a special place in my heart. I never really thought about it the way uh, when you brought it up that she's a collector. Maybe that's, it was just, you know, subconsciously my, my connection <laughs> to Ariel. That, 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 and that's the reason? Who knows? Maybe she's the reason I'm a collector to this day. Um, you <laughs> You're know, welcome. But, uh, you know, I was just so surprised how well this film worked for me. I just thought, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fine. And as the movie progressed, 5, 10, 20 minutes in, I was going, oh, man. Oh, man. I am enjoying this. This is working really, really well for me for all the reasons we just talked about. The the music, the 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 reimagining of the mu- the music, the characters, adding new elements to those characters and the music. The visuals are beautiful. Uh, they're colorful. They're vibrant. The the sweeping camera work. You just get swept away in this movie, almost like you're at sea, you know, floating along with the <laughs> tide. And it just it just really really works for me. And and that's why for me it is my favorite of the, the the recent reimaginings. I just think because it pays such great tribute to the original, but makes itself stand alone as its own story, with its own versions of the characters and the story being told. I just think it's it's the most successful of these endeavors for them, uh, and that's what I really liked. And you know, I, I, instead of repeating why I love this movie so much because we've said so much, I'll just get on my soapbox here for a sec and say to the Disney, go woke, go broke, bullshit crowd. 
This movie is the perfect reason for casting a film the way they did. They didn't recast with with people of color in, in roles that are traditionally a white character. It's a freaking mermaid we're talking about here. They didn't do it just for the sake of it. They they found the best possible actors and actresses to fill these roles and that was where the decision was made and because it works so well like you said Nate this this shares this story with a whole new audience that connect that can connect with these characters in a new way this is this is the purpose of these reimaginings I think is to help find a new voice yep. and a new audience for these movies and that's what makes it so successful so I'm going to blow everyone's mind here I'm going to go with the highest score of the Come group it's, I'm on. going high I'm going high because of, of the way things work so well I'm going to give it 4.5 gadgets and gizmos Whoa. a plenty out of 5 remember that's that's in the context of what type of film it is comparing it to other live action movies this isn't right. a 4.5 the same way uh, an Oscar winning best picture is this is but for what it is this is a damn near perfect yeah. film and i hope they i hope this absolutely smashes it at the box office so they so it isn't considered a flop they chicken out they go back to their old ways you know lion king made 10 billion dollars but it's boring and safe and flat this is new and exciting and exactly what these movies should be so i really go out, has, buy a ticket yeah. if you love the little mermaid you're gonna love this it's gonna be yeah. the movie you love for a whole new reason and that's exactly. awesome exactly man exactly all right, well, that is it for our review of Disney's The Little Mermaid coming to theaters May 26th. Once again, a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for the early screening so we could get this review to you early and let you know if it was a wave worth riding or if a storm was coming in. I definitely think we all agree it's the former. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, watch and you'll see. Someday we'll be part of your world we can't wait to hear your thoughts on this vibrant new take on the classic fish tale please let us know and write in to we are geekcentric at gmail.com that's we are geekcentric at gmail.com or if that's a bit like being up on the shore and working all day and you'd rather be devoting full time to floating under the sea you can reach us on twitter at geekcentricyt and on instagram at we are geekcentric Keep in mind, if you want thingamabobs, or in this case, uh, podcasts, a plenty. Well, <laughs> we've got way more than 20. In fact, we have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our Fast X review, our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review, and interviews for GOTGV3 with Chukudi Uji and Sean Gunn. You don't want to miss those. Plus, if you want to get visual, you can watch those and so many more interviews and videos, including our stop-motion Little Mermaid fun boxing video on YouTube <laughs> at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Be sure to like and subscribe to us there as well. And finally, our massive summer slate of reviews, interviews, and so much more is just getting started. Uh, I can hear the whip already, boys. We're getting there. Uh, but there's so much more. Uh, we can't wait to spend the blockbuster season with all of you. But until then, Justin and Nate, thank you so much for setting sail with me today. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>